Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. I'm going to ask that you turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. We're going to be in chapter 8 today. We're going to be reading verses 9 through 24. Last week, we, uh, I only had two verses. And so I got you guys to stand up and we read those two verses together in one voice. And it was beautiful and it symbolized uni- unity as we gathered around the, the word of God. I got about 20 verses here and it's probably going to be a mess if we try to do that. So still united in spirit, follow along with me, Acts 8, 9 through 24. It says, now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. And he boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with the sorcery. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news, sorry, I can't speak, good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. Verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the hands of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. And he said, give me also this ability so that everyone whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. Man, he got him. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. And then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me that none of this happens to me. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I give you thanks, my God, for this word that you first spoke to me, Father God, this week, Lord. I pray, Father God, that as I deliver it, my God, it it may not be me, but you, Spirit of God, I pray that that you fall upon uh, the hearts of your people, Father God, so as we open our hearts that we may receive this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I entitled my sermon this morning, I Thought You Changed. I Thought You Changed. Has anyone told you that before? It's like, it gets you, right? It's like, it offends you. I, I thought you changed, right? You're going for that donut. Hey, I thought, I thought you changed. I thought you weren't doing that anymore, right? I, I've been called out on that. I'm like, mind your business. <laughs> I thought you changed. Earlier this week, I was reading this passage, and I was like, man, this, I got to preach on this. This, this is going to make a good sermon. Because it's, a, it's an interesting story that follows what I think is the basic process of, of anyone who finds salvation. We are in the world. And then we hear the gospel and receive Jesus Christ. We, we, we choose to follow Jesus Christ. And, and then sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times, we get tempted and, and many times we, we fall into sin again. And so that might sound familiar on a personal level, right? You were once in the world. You were doing the things of the world. And then, 
and then you repented and you came to Christ and you come into church and, and you love Jesus. And, and then at some point of time, the same things that held grip on you while you were in the world called you back and you answered and you went back. Or, or, or maybe when you came to Christ, you thought that the struggles that you had while you were in the world were just going to disappear and they didn't. You still struggle with them. Sometimes even though chains, our chains are broken, we're not always comfortable leaving them. They're broken. They're not binding us anymore. But that, that's been our comfort zone for such a long time. That's, that's, that's all we know. This is, this, is, this, is, this is the place that I've been in for such a long time. I don't know if I could just go somewhere else. I'm released from the chains. They're not binding me anymore. But maybe I should just stay here for a little bit because I'm not really sure where else to go. Because this is where my comfort zone is. Now, when we look at the, uh, when we look at the sin of, of Simon, when we look at his desire. He, he desired to profit from the Holy Spirit. He wanted, he wanted personal gain for what the Holy Spirit would allow him to do. And, and when we look at that sin, we probably don't equate it with anything that we've done. I mean, this is, this is borderline blasphemy here. Um, my message this morning isn't so much about the sin of Simon. We'll, we'll talk about that for a little bit. But, but what I really want to talk about is returning to the things that, that we walked away from when Christ called us out of it. God has called us out of certain things. Amen, church? Certain mindsets, certain habits, certain places, certain people. Things that sometimes we turn back to. We go back. And the people who, who know you and the people that are real with you and the real friends will look at you and say, I, I thought you changed. Why are you going back to that? Why are you going back to him? Why are you going back to her? Why are you running back to that? Why are you still struggling? I thought... I thought you changed. I thought you changed. For a lot of Christians, can we just, can we say that, that there's kind of a love-hate relationship with, with our former self? Love-hate. Love-hate relationship with certain things that, that separate us from God. Maybe love, maybe love isn't the right word to use. Maybe we could say there is an interest. There is an appeal. There is an attraction to our former ways that is, that is hard to completely say goodbye to, even though the chains have already been broken. This is why Paul says to the Romans, I don't understand myself. I don't understand what I do for what I want to do. I don't, I don't do it. But what I hate, I do. I don't understand it. There is always a certain appeal church to fall back into our default mode. Our default mode is, is that non-spirit, non non-spirit-filled, non-God-filled person who walks in the flesh. And when we come to Christ, we are awakened and we're made alive and we're made aware of our sin and we repent of it and we walk away to follow Jesus. But there's always something there that wants to call us back to our former selves, even though we know that we don't want it. I don't want it. Why am I attracted to it? And sometimes when we're not thinking in the spirit, when we're not being moved, led, and empowered by the Spirit, we do the things that we don't want to do. Amen. This reminds me of a. Uh, this reminds me of me and Melissa. Anytime we go on a date, my wife. Um, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes, you know, we go out to eat, and like we're super hungry, super, super hungry, right? Like we feel like we could eat anything. 
be more specific, Melissa's super hungry, okay? Because sometimes Melissa skips meals. And so by dinner time, sometimes she just wants to, she wants to skip a meal so that we can enjoy like the dinner. Like we have a, a good dinner, uh, good dinner plans. And she's like, she wants to enjoy everything. So she doesn't want to be full. So by the time we get to dinner, she's like, I'm so hungry. I can eat everything, right? And you know, you guys know Melissa. If you know her, she's, she's super dramatic about a lot of things. And, and you know, she, she looks at the menu and she wants to order all this food. And we're talking like two appetizers and one to share. And, and, and like, you know, we can share our, our main meal and then maybe some dessert. And I'm like, babe, we go through this very often. You're not that hungry. You're not that, you, you think you're hungrier than, than you really are. Your, your stomach can only fit so much. And she looks at the menu, man. She's, she's like, man, I can, I can order everything. And then sometimes she takes, she takes a few bites out of her appetizer and she laughs and she's like, I'm already getting full. I'm like straight faced, like, girl, about to spend $80 on this meal. You better eat that. <laughs> Getting full on the, on the free chips and salsa. <laughs> uh, and, but, but she's learned. She's learned from herself. This, this would happen a, long, uh, a lot of times when we first got married, we'd go out to eat. But now she tells me, like, don't let me order that much food. Because I'm weak when I'm, when, when I'm looking at the menu. Everything sounds so good. And, and I'm not as hungry as I think. And I'm like, babe, I got you. All right. Maybe you've done that before, you know, when you're hungry. You can eat anything, but, but a lot of times when we're not thinking in the spirit, because sometimes we're not always walking in the spirit. And so, so, so when, when temptation comes, when sin comes, it works in the same way. It's appealing in the moment when we're weak, we think that we want it. It's a, it's been a long time since we had a taste, but then when we get it, we feel terrible. We failed God and we also failed ourselves. Because we thought we changed. I mean, I thought I was over this. Why am I still attracted to the things that I walked away from? Why do I still struggle with these thoughts? Why do I still battle jealousy and bitterness? Why do I sometimes talk the way that I used to talk before I came to Christ? I thought I changed. I won't ask if I'm preaching to you this morning because I know I'm preaching. Because we all struggle with these things. We all struggle with the default mode. Simon, Simon, here in the story, he was a, he was a guy who seemed like he had... He got everything, he had everything together in his life. Like he had a good thing going for him. Not, not morally good, but, but good personally speaking, right? People, he was somebody. People thought he was talented. He was popular. He was probably making a decent living. Uh, people called him the great power of God. If he had lived today, he'd probably have a good following on Instagram. He might even have his own, you know, reality TV show. Personally speaking, Simon, he was living the high life. Sin offers a lot of that. It offers things that, that convince you that you're doing well and that you're doing good. It offers things that, that make you feel like you're not missing anything. Can we, can, can we say that honestly? Sin offers you things and it convinces you that you're not missing anything. And a, a lot of times, you know, back in the day when we would go evangelizing, one of the tactics that we would use is we would tell people, hey, you're missing something in your life. And a lot of, a lot of times, if, if you're struggling, that, that sounds good. Like, yeah, I am missing something. But if you're living the high life and everything is good and sin has convinced you that you don't need anything, that doesn't work. And I don't know if you've talked to those people, but they say, I'm, I'm not missing anything. I got everything. I got everything. I got more than you do. That's what sin does. Sometimes it convinces you that you have everything that you need. You don't need God. 
But when a person does find God, and, and when you walk away from those things, the flesh might miss that. About four years ago, I stopped drinking soda. I'm convinced that soda is the number one reason for my weight loss. But every now and then, I, I like to take a sip of Melissa's Dr. Pepper or her Sprite. When she gets Sprite, I'm like, yes, babe, I love Sprite. Sprite is my all-time favorite drink. It's the best. I take a sip, and I remember the good times. <laughs> remember how it used to make me feel, right? It really is that thirst quencher, man. Sprite, it, it, was, it, it, was, it was no good for me. It tasted good, but it did me none. And sometimes we just want, we want to taste the thing that we left behind. We want to go back to it just for a minute. Just for, just for a little bit. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it on Monday after church. Do it on Monday. I'll get a week. And then Saturday I'll come down. Sunday, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> we want to go back to it. Other times, other times we don't return to sin because... We miss it. Sometimes we, we return to sin because it does a really good job of convincing people that it's a part of their identity. You don't know what to do without it. Like I said earlier, the, the chains break, but people stick around because that's what they know. I remember talking to a friend a couple years ago. This guy, he grew up in the church. He, his parents were devout Christians. They're still devout Christians. He, you know, he, they would never miss a Sunday, but he had grown up in a very... In a very strict household, he said his parents never let him do anything. And so when he turned 18, he, he left. He went away. And he got really into that, you know, that party life. Like every single weekend he was going to go out. He was going to get unrecognizably drunk. He was going to try to find a lady friend that night. And then he might try to do it again the next night. And I remember talking to him one time about his faith. And I just asked him, like, do you still believe in God? And I'll never forget his response because he said, of course I do. But I don't know how to leave this life behind. He said, this is what I do. This is what I know. This is who I am. In other words, he had become comfortable with the fact that this lifestyle of sin was a part of his identity. What happens when, when you trade the, the Saturday nights for an early Saturday night so that you can get up for church on Sunday? I don't, I don't know how to do that. Never done that before. It's foreign to me. For some people, the Christian lifestyle is foreign to them. And so it's like a culture shock to them. Just like many of us. Man, I, I wouldn't know what to do in a club. I, would, I wouldn't know what to do. I remember this, I remember this story um, from, from your cousin, uh, Chalio. Ros, his name is Rosalio Martinez. And uh, he says, you know, you know when there's a Christian in the club, when everyone is going like this, and this guy's going like this. <laughs> Alaba, right? <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do, man. That's, that's foreign. That's foreign to me. All right? And so a lot of times sin convincing, convincing us that, that it's a part of our, our identity. Um, now, for a lot of us, you know, we, don't, we, we, we probably don't know that type of lifestyle. Maybe, maybe you do. Many of us live what looks at least like a Christian lifestyle. It's, it's filled with church and Christian friends and, and praying parents. And, you know, it's filled with Christian music and Christian culture and all of that stuff. So, so maybe my friend's example is a little extreme. But... Can we be honest with ourselves and, and admit that even in our own Christian lives, there are some things that we have normalized that God has called us away from? It's, it's hard to preach in the church to people um, with a lifestyle of sin because there's not a lot of people in the church with a lifestyle of sin. 
maybe, maybe some, but I'd say most and, and zero at Numa Church, right? Struggle with that lifestyle of sin. But we can still bring this message into the church because God has called you to change some things that in the past you vowed that you were going to walk away from. God, I'm done with this. I'm done with this way of thinking. I'm done with this hatred. I'm done with this bitterness. And you vowed to God that you're going to take it away, but sometimes you want to return to it. So even if, someone say even if. Even if you grew up in the church, even if you know the Bible, even if you love God, even if you've never tasted a lifestyle of sin, it doesn't mean that you don't have a default of your own that God wants you to break from completely. Amen. Personally speaking, I'll I'll be transparent with you guys. Um, Naturally, me as a person, I'm the guy who likes to accomplish things. So you be real, it's a real Ryan moment here. I'm, I've always been the person who likes to accomplish things. I've, I've always set really big goals, you know, goals that any logical person would be like, that's, that's what you're aiming for, you know, good luck. Um, that's, just, that's just always been me. I, I, remember, I remember being in high school, I was attending a private school, um, and uh, it was in ninth grade, I, I loved it. I, I loved this, this private school, and then 10th and then grade, they kind of shut down that private school that I loved so much. And they, uh, another, uh, another private school came in and, and they were taking it over. And so we weren't very happy with that. I wasn't happy because I had convinced some of the people from church to join me. And now they were stuck at this school that, that we didn't like. And so um, Melissa was there. We were having this parent teachers conference and we were meeting with the director of the school. And, you know, she, they, they were letting the, the, the kids talk, the, the students. And I was... I was there and I was telling this lady, um, you know, um, I don't like, I don't like this new program because, because I, I, I don't remember exactly why I didn't like it, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't what I signed up for. And I was, so I was trying to go back to public school and my credits weren't going to transfer. And so I was telling this lady, this lady, I was like, I have plans to, to graduate a year early. You're kind of messing up my plans. And, and, and she kind of laughs and, um, and I said, so I'm probably going to try homeschooling and I'm going to, I'm going to try to graduate a year early. And she laughed and she said, how are you going to do that? And, and that offended me. Like, I, I, how am I going to do that? And I still remember my response. It was very, it was very sassy. <laughs> I said, she said, how are you going to do that? I said, with God's help. I even, I even did a little head twist with God's help. I, yes, Melissa, man, she was there. I said, with God's help, I'm going to do it with God's help. <laughs> Don't you doubt me and my God? We left that school. Praise God, I graduated a year early. Amen. <clears throat> so I've always been this person to, 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 to dream big and have these really big goals. And I just want to accomplish things. And if I don't accomplish something, I feel like a failure. My Enneagram, if you guys are into Enneagrams, puts me on the number three, the achiever. And there's a, has, there's a healthy aspect to, to the achiever that I, I want to say that I'm, I usually dwell in, but there's an, there, there's an unhealthy aspect to it. And the unhealthy aspect comes when, when I see other people's success, when I see other people's accomplishments, and then I begin to compare myself to them. And it happens. And there was one time where I prayed to God. I said, God, I want to leave that behind because I'm, I'm always just going to be comparing myself to other people. And I said, God, I don't ever want to be anyone else except for the person that you called me to be. All right. This means that I need to stop playing that comparison game. But if I'm honest, 
in my weakness, I go back to that which God called me out of. And you can ask Melissa, and I get in these moods, wishing I wasn't stuck, have a pity party, wishing I had the success story that someone else had, wishing that, that my church would, would double in size like that other pastor. Why does he get, why does he get that success? And, and I just, I'm just, and I hate going back to that place. Maybe yours is something else. Maybe yours is fear. Maybe you told God one time, God, I'm going to stop living in fear, but you're still afraid. You're still afraid. Maybe it's self-doubt. You said, God, I'm, I'm going to begin trusting myself because I'm going to trust you to lead me. And I'm going to, I'm going to rest on your wisdom that you provide to me. And I'm going to make decisions and, and certainty knowing that you go with me, but you have a hard time doing that because you lack so much confidence. I don't know what it is, but, 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 but I believe that God is saying to someone this morning, I thought you changed. I thought you left that. Stop returning to the mess that I called you out of. Come on, come on. Some of us might need to leave 2020 in the past and never return. Don't go back to to the way you were thinking, to to the way that you were doing things. Don't don't go back to to things that you know when you're there. This is not the place that that God wants me to be. I I love this story, man. When I was reading it, the first half of this story, you know, it's, it's just such a, it's such a good story because um, it, it tells of, of Simon, who's this wicked man. I mean, like he's wicked. He's wearing the name of God by allowing people to refer to him as a great power of God. But, but all he would do is call upon the evil spirits and, and he would create these illusions like many do. And he was profiting from something people thought was God. But the gospel message saved him, saved this, this wicked man. And so when I, when I saw that, when I, w- when I was reading it and, and how he was a sorcerer and he was doing all these things and he had, a, he had such a great following and then, and then he started to follow the gospel message. I was like, man, praise God. Praise God. Church, just let me tell you, man, when, when you're ministering to someone, you're talking to someone at work about, about God, about faith, don't ever let them get away with the lie that God cannot change them. Because people believe that. People say, I'm, I'm too far gone. I've done too, too many terrible things in my life. God, God can't save me. God doesn't want me. Oh, yes, he does. Because when you say that, you diminish the power of my God. You diminish the power of the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary for every sin anyone and everyone would ever commit, past, present, and future. Don't tell me that God can't change you. Don't let people get away with that lie. Simon turned to God, turned away from a lifestyle of sin. He heard his message. His followers heard his message and they accepted Jesus. That's a radical change, right? That's, I mean, that's, that's a complete, it's a complete 180 into the other direction. That's, that's not just a change of habit. It's a change of heart. It's a change of lifestyle. It was a change in his identity. Now, now Simon didn't have the following that he had before because he stopped doing the things that he was doing before. So in order to follow Jesus, he had to, he had to lose some followers. You willing to do that on Instagram? <laughs> put that, put that, 
that message that God has been convicting you to, 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 to share with someone? Do you do, you do it? Or like, oh man, some people are gonna, they're going to stop following me. They're going to block me. No longer was he profiting from his work because he stopped doing his work. No longer was any of the glory going to him because now the glory pointed to Jesus. Complete change of identity for Simon. I mean, he, he left behind a lot. A lot. And then you, you continue reading and you get to the next half of the story and it's not as happy for Simon. Because he sees the power of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever seen the power of the Holy Spirit? Have you seen it? Have you seen lives get changed? Have you seen marriages get restored? Have you seen people start having a little bit more confidence in who God called them to be? That's, that's by the Holy Spirit, man. The Holy Spirit, man, he's, he, he, he can do some radical things, amazing things. And Simon saw it. He sees the power of the Holy Spirit. He sees what the Holy Spirit is doing. But what's more appealing to Simon is not what the Holy Spirit is doing, but on the apostles who have been given the power. Did you get that? Let me, let me, let me say it like I wrote it. He sees the power of the Holy Spirit, but what's more appealing to him is the power given to the apostles. That's great power that the Holy Spirit is doing, but I'm more concerned with being able to summon that power. Pull up verse 18 and 19 real quick. When Simon saw that the Spirit was giving at the laying on the, of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. He said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So to Simon, it appeared that by simply laying their hands on people, the Holy Spirit, in a sense, was summoned. And Simon wanted that ability. I could have easily brought a sermon on the gifts of the Holy Spirit here. How, how it's, it, it's the Spirit that gives us gifts. It's a Spirit. Nothing you can buy. Nothing you can do. It, 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 it's the Holy Spirit. As much as you might want it. And I've desired certain gifts in the Spirit. They haven't been given to me. But, but when you make it more about the gifts and not on the, on the Spirit, the heart's not right. The heart's not right. When you say, God, I want the ability to, to teach. I want the ability to, to preach. I want the ability to, to prophesy. And if you don't give me that gift, I'm just, not, I'm just gonna be mad. How dare you not give me the gift that I want? Simon, his heart was in the wrong place. He was making it about the gifts, not the gift giver. And so that became selfish. He was selfish in that. It's not, again, it's not wrong to desire certain gifts. It's not wrong to ask, but our focus needs to be on the spirit. Simon made it about the gift and he offers him money. I'm willing to pay for this. I'm willing to pay for the ability to anytime I lay my hands on somebody, someone is just doing some crazy things in the Holy Spirit. I want that ability. Give it, give it to me. And it's not hard to see the connection here. From, from his present life to his former life. See, because Simon's former life gave him abilities to perform signs and wonders. And, and when he saw signs and wonders being performed by the Holy Spirit, it triggered his default mode of, of a, selfish, uh, a selfish person who wanted to profit from a power that he did not possess. 
it triggered his default mode. There are going to be some, some triggers in your life, church. There are going to be some phone calls that you receive in the middle of the night. There's going to be something that's tempting that, that makes you want to go back there. And it's going to trigger something to say, you know what, maybe I could just, maybe I could just return for just a little bit. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. In this moment of weakness, Simon runs to the opportunity of being able to once again relive the days of his sin. Even if if he claimed it was a name of of God, his motives, his heart was, was not in the right place. Peter rebukes him for this reason. Your heart is not in the right place. I thought you changed, man. I thought you gave yourself up for the cross. I thought you left all of your followers. All of your selfish ambition. I thought you left that for Jesus. I thought you traded personal glory for God's glory. Why are you going back to that thing? Maybe for you it's, I thought, I thought jealousy was a thing of the past. Why are you still struggling with it? I thought you were being brought into maturity. Why are you going back into immature ways? Like I tell Layla, anytime she throws a fit, I thought we were done with fits. You're five years old. Why are you still throwing fits? Why are you going back to the days when you were weaker? God wants to move you forward. Amen. Come on, give him, give him praise because that's true. He wants you to move forward. He wants you to move forward. He doesn't want you going back to that, to that thing that you struggled with years ago. He, he wants it to be broken. And my God is so powerful that he doesn't, he doesn't just break chains. He breaks them and then he makes them disappear. He, he throws your sins to the depths of the ocean, not able to be found by anybody. But sometimes, sometimes we, we like to keep even that what, which is broken. Because maybe later I'm going to go back to it. Just to keep it around. It's broken. I, I, don't, I don't use it. I, I, I don't need it, but... But maybe one day, maybe you do that in your house. And if you do, we need to call hoarders. Maybe you like to keep some things around that are broken. And your husband or your wife is like, do we, do we still want this? I might, I might fix it later. Just, just keep it there. When God breaks your chains, he also wants to throw them away. Don't keep them around. Don't keep them around to to go back to. Right now, right now in this moment, I'm going to ask that we stand. I'm going to have the worship team come up. But but God is, I believe God is speaking this morning. He's calling us to refuse to go back. God is calling for a refusal to go back. And so we need to declare over our own lives right now, I, I refuse to go back. I refuse to go back to that thing. I refuse to go back to that, to that way of thinking. I refuse to go back to that, to that relationship. I, I refuse to go back to that which, which made me weaker and, and maybe satisfied me for a moment, but, but, but did nothing for my soul. I refuse to go back. Can we pray this morning? Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.